Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, dear brothers and sisters. Will you please turn with me to the Gospel of John for this ministry? And we are looking at the last verses that are found in John chapter 19, especially from verse 31 to verse 42, to the end of the chapter. I would like to read these verses for us all. And we will make some comments and see what the Lord has for us as we are studying together John chapter 19, verses 31 to 42. In this session, we will deal with the burial of our Lord Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. And we will see how in verses 31 to 37, the Roman soldiers were involved in that part of the burial of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. And then from verse 38 to 42, we see the early Jewish believers who were involved in the burial of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus, uh, the Messiah. Well, let's read these verses together, beloved friends. And I'm beginning to read here in verse 31. John 19, 31 the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, interesting word, the preparation, that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Shabbat day, for that Shabbat day was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers, and brake the legs of the first, and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Yeshua, and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs. But one of the soldiers, with a spear, pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood, and water. And he that saw it bear record that his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this, Yosef of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Yeshua. And Pilate gave him leave, he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, 
which at first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Yeshua and wound it in linen, clothed with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulchre, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. Here, beloved brothers and sisters, are the last verses that are found in John chapter 19. And it is very interesting that in these verses we are occupied with the burial of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who in chapter 19, which we study together, in verse 30 we read, When Yeshua therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the spirit. He gave up his spirit. We have just concluded at verse 30 of the finished work of redemption, where the Lord Jesus the Messiah completed the work of redemption. We read of this amazing statement, It is finished. Teleo, or tetelestai, or in Hebrew, asa. It is done, it is finished, the work of redemption has been completed. The Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, have died on the tree and finished the work of redemption, shed His precious blood, and gave up the Spirit, died for the sin of this world. And beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, there and then atonement was made. There and then redemption was accomplished. It is done. It is finished. And our Lord Yeshua the Messiah died on that shameful cross. He fulfilled all that which the Hebrew prophets spoken about concerning the coming Mashiach, that in the fullness of the time he will come, he will be born of a woman, of a virgin Miriam, he will be born under the law, lived among his people Israel, fulfilled the Torah completely, the law completely, and because he was the only one who fulfilled the Torah, the law completely, without sin, he was qualified to be indeed the one that can take away the sin of this world. As this John's Gospel began in John 1 and verse 29, where John proclaimed the baptizer, presented the Lord, he confessed and he says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of this world. He proclaimed this statement. And finally, beloved brothers and sisters, the work of redemption was completed. It is finished. And from here on, in verses 31 to the end of the chapter, we see now not only his death, but also his burial. 
when we will arrive to the following chapter 21, we will see the resurrection of the Messiah. And so what the Apostle Shaul Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when he wrote to the Corinthians concerning the gospel, he said unto them, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ, Mashiach, died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And then he continued, Apostle Paul, by saying in verse 4, And he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the Scripture. This is First Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. So, the Messiah died. He completed the work of redemption. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, finished the work of redemption. Now we learn in these last verses of John chapter 19 concerning the burial of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And so you notice how interesting, because it says here in verse 31 to 37, how the Roman soldiers made sure to confirm that he is actually dead, that the death of Yeshua. And so we read in verse 31, the Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Shabbat day, for that Shabbat day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. In other words, that the bodies of all these three, the two malefactors in the two sides of Yeshua, and Yeshua Jesus the Messiah himself, the Jewish leaders, because it was the day of preparation, they wanted that the bodies of the ones who died, were crucified, will be taken down from the cross in order to be buried, because it was their preparation. Now it is very interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, that in this 19th chapter, we find three times this expression, the preparation. If you go back to verse 14, there we read, and it was the preparation of the Passover. Here we see the first time the expression, the preparation. In Hebrew, actually, that word in, in verse 14, it simply means the eve. In other words, whenever you read the word the preparation, in Hebrew it simply means Erev. Erev in Hebrew means the eve of the Passover, the eve of the Shabbat. To remind you that the Jewish people, our people, always count, according to the word of God, the days begin at evening. As we read it in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, we notice that every day that ended was it began at evening and the morning. You remember in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 5, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. In other words, the first day began at evening, always at evening. Notice the second day in verse 8 of Genesis 1, and God called the firmament heaven, 
and the evening and the morning was their second day. So every time we read the word the preparation, specifically in John 19, verse 14, verse 31, and verse 42, always remember that it speaks about, simply speaking about the evening, the evening just as we are anticipating to enter into this new day. In fact, in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 32, when Israel received the responsibility and the command to keep the feasts of the Lord, the Lord clearly told them in Leviticus 23 verse 32, from even unto even, ye shall celebrate your Shabbat. And the word for Shabbat, it's not only Shabbat of the weekly Shabbat, the seventh day of the week, but every time a new feast came into fruition, the evening before is the evening of the Shabbat, or this high holiday, or high Day It may come at any day of the week, and on the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, or the seventh day. Every day that is falling on the time that the feast will be, whether it is Passover, whether it is the Feast of Tabernacle, or any other of the seven feasts, the preparation will be the evening before. So, for example, beloved brothers and sisters, when we would enter into a new day, between about 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., before the sun down, the sun is coming down, that will be the eve of the preparation. Because immediately, when the sun is down, the new day began. On a weekly basis, Friday afternoon, between 3 to 6 or so, 6 p.m., We are in the evening of the Shabbat. So Shabbat will enter in already on Friday after sundown. And the Shabbat will come out on the following day on when the sun is down and the new day, the first day of the week, will begin. And it is, beloved brothers and sisters, it is the same when it comes to the Feast of Passover or any other feast in the history of the people of Israel. And so you notice this, and I'm reading this, is very interesting. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation. Again, verse 14, it simply was the preparation of Passover. Verse 31, the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, it was the Eve of the Shabbat, they wanted the bodies to be down from the cross. Notice in verse 42 again, there then because of the Jews' preparation, notice that again is the Eve of the Shabbat. Now, beloved brothers and sisters, let us just be sure that we understand that in verse 31, that particular Shabbat was much more than just the seventh day of the week, but that particular Shabbat was a high Shabbat. 
the reference is not so much to the seventh day of the week, but the reference is to the Passover high Shabbat. That's why you notice I'm once again reading verse 31. It says, And the Jews therefore, because it was the preparation, that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Shabbat day. And then notice that it says in bracket, for that Shabbat day was a high day. So the reference to that particular Shabbat day is not to that particular Shabbat day of the seventh day of the week, but that particular Shabbat day is in reference to the Passover, Pesach. The eve before Pesach has come. And so it is interesting because here we have to deal with the issue of whether Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, died on a Friday, what is usually called Good Friday, or on the earlier days, which will be Wednesday night, entering into the Thursday which makes it 72 hours before the first day of the week when the resurrection occurred. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the fish's belly, so must the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, we read in the book of Matthew. The Lord Jesus the Messiah said that he will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And therefore, many believe that Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, was on the cross on Wednesday night, which is actually would be Thursday. And from Thursday, Wednesday night to Thursday night, Thursday night to Friday night, Friday night to Saturday night after sundown, which is the first day of the week. But whichever way you Understand it, beloved brothers and sisters, the important thing is that that Shabbat day was a high holiday and therefore was a high day and bodies of the dead must be removed from the cross in order that they will be buried because no one could be remaining on the cross without to be buried when the Shabbat would enter in. Whether it is the weekly Shabbat, the seventh day of the week, or whether it is the Passover Shabbat, high Shabbat day, whichever way one takes it, it definitely has a reference to the fact that the bodies must be removed from the crosses. And so you notice that? How interesting, because here we learn that the fulfillment of the Word of God, without even to know it, had been fulfilled by what the soldiers did. You notice what we read. It says here, in verse 31, once again, that the Jewish leaders requested that the bodies of the dead will be taken down and be buried. And we do understand that the bodies should not remain on the tree overnight into the new day. According to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, listen to the word of the Lord to Israel before they enter into the promised land. The Lord said to Israel in Deuteronomy, chapter 21, 
and verse 22 and 23, he said, If any man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, and thou hangeth him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. And thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. And therefore the body of the Lord, as well as the body of these two malefactors, had to be taken down from the cross and be buried, because the Shabbat, the new day, is coming in this evening. And therefore the Jewish leaders, knowing the scripture, has asked the Romans to take down the bodies from the tree, and in order to do so, they had to break their legs, and therefore they will faster and sooner die, and therefore they will be taken down and be buried. But notice, beloved brothers and sisters, what happened here. They besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. Just imagine when a person was crucified. Imagine the sufferings of the Messiah who cried, it is finished. And he gave up the spirit. And he died. He fulfilled the work of redemption. Imagine what it meant for them to be there on that cross for these hours there publicly before all while the Messiah Jesus bore the sin of this world fulfilling all that which was given in days of old, the sacrificial system pointing to him, the psalmist and the prophets appointed to the time when the Messiah will die and will be killed and will be pierced. And here we learn, notice this in the next verse, in verse 32, that the soldiers came and they began to break the legs of those that were crucified. It says they came, the soldiers and they broke the leg of the first one. And then the other, which was crucified with him. Notice then that they are now going from one to the other to break their legs. But notice what happened when they came to Yeshua. Because Yeshua have already gave up the spirit. Verse 30. He said, it is finished. He committed himself. He, he laid down his life. He commanded himself to die and he gave up the, the spirit and now he died. He finished the work of redemption. He was no longer alive on the cross. So when they have arrived to him, when they came to Jesus and they saw that he was dead already, look what happened. They break not his legs. Now they should have done that, but they didn't. And why? Because you will see how the prophetic word must be fulfilled to the letter. And so we read that when they arrived to him, they did not break his legs. And the scripture is so precious that we do read that one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. And it is interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, what they should have done, they haven't done. 
And what they should not have done, this they have done. And yet we can see that not knowing they are fulfilling that which God have already mentioned in days of old through the prophets of Israel concerning the death of the Messiah. And so we notice here in these uh, verses, they were really fulfilling the word of the Lord. Notice it says here, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came blood and water, and he that saw it, this is John, Yohanan himself, that saw all this going on there in these last a moment in the life of the Messiah, in his death there, he was there watching that he saw it, he bare record, and his record is true, and he knows that he says, he says is true, that he might believe, for these things were done, that the scripture might be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken." And how amazing it is that the Messiah Jesus, his legs were not broken in fulfillment of that which was provided in days of old. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 46 we read, In one house you will eat together this Passover lamb, and the lamb that was killed, and his blood was shed, and his blood was placed upon the doorposts and the lintels in the land of Egypt some years before the Messiah Jesus came. And you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, we do read that God have commanded that Israel will not break the bones of that lamb. Listen to this. It says here in verse 46, In one house shall eat, this is the lamb, be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of thy house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. No bone is to be broken, because God is anticipating that this very lamb that the people of Israel have killed, will be a, a symbol, an object, a lesson that point us to the coming Mashiach who will come in the fullness of the time, and that he will be the one that none of his bones will be broken. This is extremely important, beloved brothers and sisters, and it just shows us how important it is to Read the scripture and to see that in the purposes of God, in the mind of God, He has in mind whenever He had given any instruction to Israel, He always has in mind the coming Redeemer, the coming Messiah who will come in the fullness of the time. Notice what we read in the Psalm, the Psalm of Israel, when David in Psalm 34 was writing this Psalm, in verse 20, even though David is about a feeble type and picture of the Messiah, when he was there that he changed his behavior before Avimelech there, and yet we read that David could say, 
He keepeth all his bones, not one of them shall be broken. Of course, in the psalm, Psalm 34 speaks of David, but because David was a prophet, David was also speaking concerning the coming Messiah, Jesus, who will die on the tree. His hand and his side will be pierced, his hand, his feet, inside be pierced, but none of his bones will be broken. And so here, beloved brothers and sisters, we will see what the Roman soldiers have done. And so we do read in verse 33, 34, 35, 36, and verse 37 of the activity of the Romans, and yet whatever they have done or haven't done, they fulfilled the word of the Lord. That the scripture should be fulfilled. Notice that, how beautiful it is. And this is very encouraging to our hearts, because the scripture must be fulfilled. Those who reject the fact that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, has no answer to how they will be forgiven. On what basis? If the scripture will not be fulfilled, how will they be sure that they are right with God? And who the Mashiach will be? What he will do? How will he live? How will he die? Will be buried and rise again? These facts are mentioned in the scripture and are fulfilled one at a time as we look at the person of Jesus our Lord, Jesus the Messiah. Once again, in the next verse, in verse 37, once again we read, And again, another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they have pierced. So in other words, when the soldiers came, and they did not break the legs of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, because he was dead already, in verse 33, Yet one of the soldiers in verse 34 did what he should not have done. But he took a spear and he pierced the side of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the side of his body, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Now, why is it so interesting? Because the blood of the Lord Jesus was poured for our justification. And the water really represents our sanctification. It is interesting that the scripture presents before us both the blood and the water that is part of the body of any human being. And the lesson here that both the blood and the water in the body of the Messiah who just committed himself and he gave up the spirit and now when the soldiers is piercing his side, and forthwith came blood and water, this gives us, beloved brothers and sisters, and dear friend, the two aspects of the work of redemption. The blood of Jesus, the Messiah, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And we know throughout Scripture, Leviticus 17.11, it is the blood that maketh the atonement for the soul. Hebrews chapter 9, without the shedding of the blood, there is no redemption, there is no forgiveness of sins. So the blood is essential. 
The blood speaks of life. And the life of the flesh is in the blood. And the blood of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah that was shed here, through the piercing, through not only of His hand and His feet, as we read in Psalm 22, they pierced my hand and my feet. But here we see that the, the soldiers pierced His side, and out of His body came blood. And the blood speaks of our justification. When a Messiah died, the life of the flesh is in the blood. He shed His blood in order to justify us. But also, for some reason, the Spirit of God presenting before us that not only blood came out of His body, but also water, in Hebrew, mime. And this water represented sanctification of the believer, that we are also sanctified through the blood and the water that came out of the body of the Messiah. This is a very interesting verse. There is a verse that is mentioned for us in First John chapter 5, when John himself, who saw that, who bear witness to that, he said in his writing a little bit earlier where he wrote in 1 John chapter 5 concerning the person of the Messiah. In verse 4, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And he continued to read, Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came, notice, by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And so in verse 5 and 6 of 1 John chapter 5, John emphasizes both the water and the blood that came out of the body of the Messiah. And we learn from these the two aspects, because the water oftentimes in Scripture represents the Word of God. But because the Lord Jesus and in our bodies we have water and blood, that which came out of the Lord Jesus represents both our justification, but also our sanctification. So it is just an application to make here of the work of Christ and how the Spirit of God presents before us the fact that when the soldiers with a spear pierced the side of the Lord Jesus, there came forth both blood and also water. And he continued, And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. The apostle Yohanan John, who was there by the cross, of whom we read already in verse 25, that the Lord Jesus the Messiah said to him, in these verse 25 and 26, 
that uh, behold thy mother, in verse 26 and 27 of John chapter 19, he bore record concerning the testimony that he saw of the person of Jesus on that cross when the soldier pierced his side. Now even that, beloved friend, even this was a fulfillment of the scripture concerning the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah because when the prophet Zechariah was speaking of the future day of the coming of the Messiah, he, Zechariah, said to Israel about the future day when Israel will finally see and recognize who Yeshua is, who the Messiah is. We do read that John pointed to the verse that is found in Zechariah chapter 12, where we do read in verse 10, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon me, this is the Mashiach Yeshua, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one who mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. The prophetic word spoke that Israel, in some point of time in human history, at the end of the tribulation period, as a nation, Israel will be born nationally when they will recognize who Yeshua, who Jesus is. And they will look upon me. It is very interesting that according to Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10, the me is none else but the Lord himself. And how can they look upon me whom they have pierced? Well, the me, the God, in the person of the Son, is the one that entered into this world through the Virgin Miriam and became a man, Emmanuel, God with us. And then Israel will recognize, in the fullness of the time of Israel's final restoration, that this man, whose name is Jesus, whose name is Yeshua, was none else but the eternal Son of God, who became a man, and as man, he was pierced, even though he was pierced by this of the Roman soldiers, but the responsibility would be placed upon both Israel and the nations of the world. All of us are guilty in the piercing and the dying of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who came to die for the sin of this world. So, Scripture have been fulfilled in what was done on that cross some 2,000 years ago. Let me just give you one more verse. That the Scripture might be fulfilled, as we read in verse 36, a bone of him shall not be broken. We refer to Exodus 12, 46, Psalm 34, 20. And then another scripture that says, They shall look upon him whom they have pierced. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. But it's also interesting to see that in the book of Revelation, when 
John, the very same Yohanan, the apostle, the shaliach, when he received the vision of the revelation of Jesus the Messiah, the glorified Messiah, Messiah Yeshua told him in Revelation 1 and verse 7, to write down, behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and notice that, and they also which pierced him. And all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. The same one that is the Almighty is the same one who became a man. The same one who is the Almighty is the eternal Word, as we read in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now as men, he was crucified on a Roman cross. He finished the work of redemption when he cried, It is finished. Teleo. Asa. And now the Roman soldiers are breaking the legs of the two malefactors. Arriving to Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, they found that he was already dead. And therefore they didn't break his Legs to fulfill that which was already spoken by the prophets of Israel. And what they should not have done, they have done. They pierced his side. And they were also fulfilling that which was written in Scripture, they shall look on him. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10, whom they have pierced. You notice, beloved brothers and sisters, the fulfillment of the Word of God is coming to fruition in every, everything that had to do with the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And that gives us comfort. That gives us joy because, after all, from Genesis 3.15 to the end of the book of Malachi, we have con continuously promises to Israel concerning the coming of the Messiah. Who he will be? Where will he be born? To whom he will be born? How he will live? Where he will live? How he will suffer? The fact that he will die, the fact that he will be buried, and the truth that he will be resurrected. All these, all these promises were given to the nation of Israel through the prophets. And how he will come again and reign and rule and restore this world to himself. All these verses that are found from Genesis to Malachi were given in the Hebrew scriptures. And all of them one by one have been fulfilled are fulfilled and will be fulfilled. And it is all in relationship to the person of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. We'll listen to the last portion 
of this 19th chapter, we have seen in verse 31 to 37 what the Roman soldiers did in connection with the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. But now notice what the Jewish believers did in connection with the burial of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. We do read in verse 38 to 42 these words. In verse 38 we read of a man by the name of Yosef. Yosef min haramataim, in Hebrew haramataim, Armathia. And after this, Yosef of Armathia, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. Now, it is interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, that Yosef was a believer, but he was a secret believer. And why he was a secret believer? Because there was a fear of the Jews. Because in the Gospel of John, when we read the Jews, many, many times, about 70 or so times, Every time we read the Jews, it's in reference to the Jewish spiritual leaders. And they're the ones that set the tone. They're the ones that were the spiritual leaders of our nation, of Israel. And to stand and believe in Yeshua the Messiah and confess that he was indeed the promised Messiah, it meant to be at odds with the spiritual leaders of Israel. Well, this man by the name of Yosef, it is the very same name of my grandfather, Yosef, who was a very conservative Jewish man who came from Yemen into the, the land of Israel, returned back and was living in Jerusalem, very conservative in the synagogue in Yerushalayim. This Yosef of Armathia is from a place called Ramataim. And Ramataim, according to the history of Israel, is the place where Samuel's was born. Shmuel was born. We read of Ramataim in First Samuel chapter 1. There Samuel himself was the one that was born there to Hannah, his mother. It's the birthplace of Samuel. Also, the word Rama it simply means height. Ramataim is heights. It speaks a higher location, an elevated location. It's just outside of Jerusalem today, but in this place there was a man that lived there by the name of Yosef. He was known by the fact that he was from this location called Ramataim. We read of him in Luke chapter 23, in verse 50 to 56 there. Interesting, it says, And behold, there was a man by the name of Yosef, he was a counselor, and he was a good man and a just one. Notice this. There is much to be said about this Yosef, Haramati, from Ramataim. He was a counselor. He was a good man. And he was a just man, according to these passages. Very much to commend him, according to this passage in Luke chapter 23, and verse 50. 
In the word in Hebrew is Yoatzim. He was a giving counsel to those around him. He was a good and a righteous man. Ishtov and Tzadik. Very similar to what we read concerning Noah. Noah was a righteous man. And so, very good commendation concerning this man by the name of Yosef. And so, Scripture commend him and he believed, he was a disciple, he followed Yeshua the Messiah, but he was a secret disciple because of the fear of the Jewish spiritual leaders. You can just imagine, beloved brothers and sisters, we have already read in chapter 9 how they have put out the man that was once blind because he believed that Yeshua was that promised Messiah. There was a price to pay for these early believers who believed that Yeshua Jesus was indeed the Messiah. But notice now, while he was a secret believer in Jesus the Messiah with others like him, he now came to Pilate and he besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus and Pilate gave him leave and he came therefore and he took the body of Yeshua. Notice how beautiful. Here the believers who loved the Lord, even though they initially were in secret, and because of fear of consequence, they still loved the Lord, the Messiah. They realized that He was the, the promised one of Israel. And they wanted to honor Him. And they wanted to glorify Him. They loved Him. And they wanted to honor his body when he died on a shameful Roman cross. So here come Yosef. Out of love for his Messiah, he is coming and he requests that the body will be taken by him so he will be able to bury the body of Yeshua, the body of Jesus. How wonderful to see that in these early Hebrew believers who loved Jesus the Messiah. But not only him, Yosef Haramati, but there was another one by the name of Nakdimon, Nicodemus. Of him we read in verse 39, there came also Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night. Notice, both of these men, one believed on him, of Jesus the Messiah, secretly, the other one, again, because of the fear, he came to Yeshua at first by night. And you remember what we read of Nicodemus in John chapter 3, when he came to the Lord Jesus by night and he said to him, remember, he said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And you remember the Lord Yeshua had to say to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you must be born from above, born again, born by the Spirit. And indeed we can see that Nicodemus became a born again child of God who came to Yeshua Jesus by night. So he came to him initially by night according to John chapter 3, and it is mentioned here in verse 39 of John chapter 19 that he once came by night. But you know, beloved brothers and sisters, 
Later on in chapter 7 of the Gospel of John, there we read that Nicodemus came to the Lord Jesus not only by night, but by a twilight while he was standing for him. And in John chapter 7 and verse 50, we do read, Nicodemus saith unto them, these are those that oppose Yeshua, the Pharisees. He came to Jesus by night and he said in verse 51, Does our Lord judge any man before it hears him and know what he doeth? In other words, he stood for the Lord when they sought to condemn him. In John 3 came by night. In John 7 he came by twilight. And in John chapter 19 in verse 39, Nicodemus, along with Yosef, came to Yeshua by daylight. And so we read, There came also Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night, and he, notice, he brought mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds of weight. And beloved brothers and sisters, this myrrh, is when our people, the Jewish people, bury someone, they anoint him with myrrh. And we find there they took the body of Jesus and wound him in a linen clothes with spices. They anointed him with spices, the body, after the manner of the Jews, for it to be buried. And so how precious to see these two men, Yosef and Nekdimon. Both of them believed that Yeshua was the Messiah. Both of them were secretly, initially followed the Lord, but had much fear. But here they came to bury their Messiah by daylight. And they took him, and as we read, they took the myrrh, they took the aloes, and they took the body of Yeshua and they covered him with this linen cloth and with spices after the manner of the Jewish people to bury. And so we read in the last two verses of John chapter 19, Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden there was a new sepulcher, wherein was never man laid. This is so precious. Again, to remember, we are speaking about the preparation of the Passover. It was the eve of the Passover. Passover was already celebrated by Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And now he went, they took him to the cross that same day. And the next morning, they crucified him there at about 9 a.m., the same day, the Passover day. And then he was there for six hours on the cross the first three hours he was suffering by the hand of man. The second three hours he was suffering by the hand of a righteous and holy God for the sin of this world. The sun refused to shine and the Messiah bore our sins in his body on the tree. On the, towards the end of that day, in between the evenings, there he was taken down from that shameful cross and was placed in that tomb and notice that it says here in verse 41 that there was a new sepulcher there was a garden there and that place is where we see 
that the Messiah will be placed in a new sepulchre that never a man was ever placed therein. You know, it is interesting because it is really in a fulfillment of that which we read in Isaiah chapter 53. Listen to this, what we read in Isaiah chapter 53 concerning the death and the burial of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. It says in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 9, And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. And you see, when we did read concerning this wealthy man by the name of Yosef, and the one who was a follower of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, we do read of him in the Luke 23rd passage. Behold, there was a man by the name of Yosef, a counselor. He was a good man and a just. And we read in verse 51 of Luke 23, the same had not consented to the counsel and did of them. He was of Arimathea, the city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and he begged for the body of Jesus and he took it down and he wrapped it in linen and he laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in a stone where he never man before was laid. So we see, beloved brothers and sisters, that this man by the name of Yosef was laying the Lord Yeshua the Messiah in a sepulchre that no man ever was laid before. How wonderful to see the love that he had for his Messiah. And so back to John chapter 19, and I would like to just reread one last time these last two verses. Now in the place where he was crucified, not too far away, right in the same place where Yeshua was crucified, there in Gulgolet, Golgatha, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new sepulchre, wherein was never men yet laid. There they, this is Yosef, this is Nicodemus together, they laid, notice it, they laid Jesus, therefore, because, again, once again, of the Jews' preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. And so you can see, beloved brothers and sisters, three times the word, the preparation, Erev, the eve of that high Shabbat, mixed with the day, it was the eve, but it is entering into that day, the very same day, Yeshua both, he became the a sacrifice for the sin of this world, the Passover lamb. And so with this, uh, we see that the Messiah was not only that he died and cried, it is finished, John 19.30, but John 19, verse 41, Yeshua was laid there in the tomb, in a new sepulchre wherein was never man 
yet lay. They gave him a sepulcher, a place that he will be buried, honoring the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, as the one that came to redeem mankind. How wonderful to see the contrast between the Roman soldiers who were unbelievers and the early believers in the city of Jerusalem who believed that Yeshua was the Messiah. The one was piercing him, the others who took the body and placed the Lord in the grave where no man laid before. And with these beloved brothers and sisters, we concluded with John chapter 19, knowing that we have learned about the death of the Messiah on the cross. We have learned about his burial when he was buried in this new sepulcher. When we will enter into chapter 20, we will read concerning the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And as we have read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. Every scripture will be fulfilled in both the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. Well, my dear friend, God bless you. We praise God for the finished work of redemption. And today we are blessed to know him as our Lord, Messiah, and Savior. Until the next ministry on John chapter 20, I will wish you God's blessing, my dear friend. Until then, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.